Welcome back to the 150K podcast, where we take your dreams to six figures and beyond. I'm your host, Joe Graham. Today I have with me Sophie Zolman. But here, before we have her do the introduction, I was looking on her page and there's three things that stood out to me. So my first question is, what is your favorite coffee? Death Wish coffee. That's Ooh. what we drink every day is Death Wish coffee. That's awesome. I've, I've had some of that. That's pretty strong. I drink Kauai. I, we just went to Hawaii a little bit ago, so I have Kauai coffee. Um, mm. I, I rotate around. I like to make my own coffee up, but that's cool. So my next fun question, because I just like this, what's your favorite 80s band? Oh, gosh, there are so many to choose from. Um, I guess I would have to say my favorite 80s band would be Duran Duran. That was my favorite back in the day. <laughs> awesome. And then I see the Harry Potter stuff behind you. So what yep. house are you? Well, that's a lovely little story. I'll try to make it short and sweet. So when they first came out with what is what was called Pottermore at the time, uh, my husband saw it before I did and signed me up for the beta. I got in, I did the sorting hat, and I tried really hard to get Gryffindor, mm -hmm. but I got Ravenclaw. <laughs> All right. So a little while later, they opened it. They said they'd never let you do it again. Well, mm -hmm. of course, they did. And so I went through it again, and I tried really hard to get Gryffindor, and I got Hufflepuff. <laughs> so then finally... Third time's a charm. They opened it up again for me to retake it. And I answered it completely honestly mm -hmm. without trying to get anything. And finally, I got Gryffindor. <laughs> so now I am Gryffindor. <laughs> My daughter says that I'm Slytherin because I'm ambitious and I network all the time. I'm like, okay, fine. She's really big into Harry Potter more so than I am. But I, I mean, I like the movies and all. I'm more of a Lord of the Rings person. That's kind of my... Yeah, that's my husband's side of things. He likes the epic fantasy. I like more of the urban fantasy. I do like some of the old time fantasy, but not in the epic sense. I like it to be quick action. And, you know, I like to learn about the people, but I don't want to learn about every blade of grass and every leaf <laughs> on the yep. tree. I don't. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, Sophie, for my listeners that don't know much about you yet, Tell them a little bit about what you do. And I, from what I was looking on your website and all, you help businesses scale a lot of different ways. Yes. Yes. So I am a certified social media and online business manager and the owner of Sophie Zoe, virtually there for you, which is in the middle of a rebrand and a redesign. And it's going to become Sophie Zoe next level business support. Mm -hmm. And we partner with successful coaches and consultants who are ready for the next level uh, marketing operations and admin services to scale their business from mid six figures to seven figures and on up into eight figures. And we do both the strategy and the implementation to help them save time and make more money um, so that they're not doing all that day-to-day -day stuff. And that mm -hmm. it's literally implementation and strategy and the management of it all too. We don't just, you know, they, they literally get to step away from all the inside work and, and all that stuff and let us, my team and I handle all that. That's nice. You do like the admin stuff they don't want to do, like from maybe Facebook ads to follow up, to support, to other stuff that maybe them being an entrepreneur visionary, they don't want to deal with that aspect. They want to push their plan and then have someone implement. That's really cool. 
Absolutely, yes. And that's exactly what we do. They, they have the plan. They have the vision. We get to map it out and execute upon it and manage it and track it and make sure everything goes the way it should go. Definitely. No, that, that I like that. So with that, do you have like a certain target business that you look for or is it like a certain level they should be at before they come to you? Cause there's some people like that are just starting out and I'm sure they're like, I don't want to do the admin stuff. So I know you probably have an ideal client because no one wants to do admin to be honest with you. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff entrepreneurs don't want to do. Um, whether they're a startup or not. I mean, yeah. I'm an entrepreneur and there's stuff that I don't like to do. So guess what? My team does it. Yep, yep. <laughs> so I, I practice what I preach for sure. But um, usually our ideal client is in the mid six figure to seven figure range. They may have a couple of team members that are working for them, but they're still the one mapping out the plans, mapping out the tasks, checking up on them, making sure they're doing their job. And they're ready to go to that next level and get have an instant team because we're more or less an instant team. Mm-hmm. But to have the person, someone to manage it all too and oversee it and and man, and do all that so that they don't have to do any of it. They don't want to plan. I mean, they plan, but they plan on the on the high level, and I take it down into the projects, the chunks, the tasks, and things like that, and then we execute upon that. Um, uh, and usually uh, my client is usually female, usually 40 plus, um, and they're, they're generally in the business coaching, life coaching, mm-hmm. sometimes health and wellness coaching industries, uh, but that's mostly what the people that gravitate toward me are. But I can also work with just about any industry. The only thing I don't really do is e-commerce with physical products. Yeah. Um, so, but we can work with almost anybody. I do have a couple of non-coach consultant clients. One of like, for example, I do have an attorney that I do some online marketing for and things like mm-hmm. that. So we can do just about any industry, but it's, it's the coaches and consultants that really gravitate toward us and that I have the most experience with. Gotcha. So you do like their, like say their social media and then like their, for lack of for like drop funnel, like that type of stuff for like the whole nine yards or I'm just the trying to whole understand. nine yards. We can do the marketing strategy from the lead magnet and, and funnel all the way up to the, you know, the coaching programs, the launches, the whole nine yards, everything in between their social media, Facebook ads, their blogs, their newsletters. I have a copywriter, so we can even do the copywriting if they don't want to oh, write. Nice. Mm-hmm. And so, but yes, we do all the aspects of online marketing, all the aspects of operations, all the aspects of management and administration. No, that's really cool. So how long, you said you've been an entrepreneur. If I think I was looking on your website, it's been like, you've been in the entrepreneurial space over 20 years. Is that right? Yes, I've been doing this work for 21 years. Um, I've been a business for 12. This month is my 12-year anniversary as an actual business. Oh, congrats. Thank you. The first few years, I was just a freelancer or a remote employee. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've been doing this for 21 years since my, my youngest was about a year old. Two, yeah, a year old because she's 22 now. So 21 mm-hmm. years now. No, that's good. So you, you've stood the test of time. You know what you've done. You've been in the battles, uh, ups and downs of the markets and all that. So that's really good. So 
a lot of people that listen to my podcast are either starting out as entrepreneurs, sales professionals, people starting to move into it. The whole idea of my podcast is to help people break that 100K barrier. So with your wisdom and experience, what would be some things you would suggest to someone that just started their business out, or maybe they're just now building a brand online? What trick suggestions would you give someone like that? Well, first and foremost, they definitely need to be putting themselves out there. Um, and unfortunately, probably at whatever stage they're in, they actually have to do the work themselves. But they need to be ever present on social media. They need to be putting content out there on their website. So it's not just a static website that says who they are and what they do and doesn't update because, you know, SEO is still super important. Yes. Yep. Uh, they need to make sure their website is speedy because now Google has decided that one of the biggest things that gets you top rankings is to be have a fast loading website, especially on mobile. Mm -hmm. So your website must be mobile friendly. Um, definitely get themselves out there on interviews like this, on podcasts, and, and do everything they can to get visible. Visibility is the key now. Um, I would also recommend that they, you know, they hire a little bit of help because, you know, there are, they can start with a single virtual assistant and they can usually find a, an experienced um, one for maybe 20 to $25 an hour and, and just five hours a month, 10 hours a month to do a little bit of work for them because they've got to focus on the sales too, of course. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the visibility brings in the leads, which gets them on the sales calls and gets them the clients because I always equate it to if you hire a VA for, let's just call it 10 hours a month at $25 an hour, that's $250. Mm -hmm. And if you're a coach or consultant and you charge a couple hundred dollars an hour for your coaching services, if you one get one basis. client yep. that's coaching for you at least two hours a month, you've covered that VA and then some, and you still have room to hire many, to get many more clients. And so that you can just, your return on investment will be tenfold easily because just with one new client. Mm -hmm. No, that and makes so sense. It helps to get those little things off their plate first. But the other thing is persevere, keep going. Don't let setbacks stop you. And also get a coach or a mentor, find the way to pay for that. Because I will tell you the first, uh, I think it's first nine years of doing this as a business. I did not have a coach or consultant and I worked my butt off and I did all my, all, everything I could to hit six figures. Mm -hmm. I got really close in 2015, I believe it was. Yeah, 2015. I missed it by six thousand mm -hmm. dollars. Well, in 2016, I got my first coach, and within 18 months, I got to six figures. Mm -hmm. And I kept coaching, and I kept coaching, and now I'm up to multiple six figures. Yep. And with my current coach, I'm on my way to seven figures. Mm -hmm. Coaches and consultants are need coaches and consultants yes no i'm to with be you. able to be successful that coach mentors and surrounding themselves with people of like mind who are in the same kind of business and are achieving this success they want to achieve because they can all collaborate and and mastermind as they call it and and really just you know 
because them alone, they can only think of so much, they can only do so much, and they can only plan and project so much with on their own. They need those outside sources that are have objective viewpoints and other perceptions and other experiences that can help them get to that six-figure level that they're trying to get to. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. So inside baseball here, I started this podcast in June. I started my coaching business in June. I've been a top sales producer for 15 plus years. And I decided to move to the online space. One of the very first things I did was actually get a coach. Um, I'm actually part of a group. I pay, I think it's like a couple hundred bucks a month to be part of this group, which is fine. It works great for me at the level that I'm at with what I'm doing with it. But I've been able to shrink time. I've been able to learn a lot more. I've been able to, so like everything you're saying there makes perfect sense. And I wanted to give people a reference point, even if you're starting out like where I'm at with this new process. Um, if you can shrink time and just get that focus in those people, you're going to level up crazy fast. So I a hundred percent agree with you on that. Absolutely. Well, and you know, those first eight, you know, eight or nine years were just, you know, I was learning, but I was learning the hard way by, you mm-hmm. know, research and reading blogs and listening to podcasts. Well, actually, I wasn't listening to podcasts back then, but I was reading blogs and following people on social media. And that is the hard, long way to learn. Yep. If you've got a coach and you don't have to have a million dollar coach, you don't have to have a coach that's going to charge you tens of thousands of dollars. Right. You can start out like you're doing it a couple hundred bucks a month. And just grow into that because my first coach, I did a virtual coaching program with him and I think I was paying $197 a month, just like Mm -hmm. you. I did that for 18 months. I built up to the six figures. So then I got to get into his group coaching program that had in-person components and other things that was quite a bit more expensive. But because I started where I started and built up to those six figures, I was able to afford that next level. And that's how it goes. You just keep affording those next levels of coaching until you're to the point where I am now, where I'm coaching with someone who is who I can afford to pay bigger bucks to. And Mm -hmm. she's going to help me get to the million dollar level in 12 in about 12 months. So it's all, you know, step by step. You don't have to jump in and pay a hundred grand for a coach right away and go into massive debt. No, some people do that. And that's cool. If you have that ability to go into that kind of debt or that kind of money, that kind of startup money, but generally speaking, startups Most people don't, don't. Kind of money. Right. So. No, no, I agree. Like I found that and, and, and you, you hit a few really good points here. First, find people to surround yourself with, get a coach, have a set plan. That's what I'm hearing you say, have a process in place. Don't judge yourself in the beginning slowly let it build and connect. And success really is boring. It's doing the right process over and over again when it gets that right result and just building on that. So yeah, like I, and it's funny because I did this in my sales job. So now transferring over here and helping people with it, it just makes sense. Um, I think the biggest problem entrepreneurs have, and you could tell me if I'm wrong here, is we get so caught up in our idea, our thing that we are either afraid to ask for help or unwilling to ask for help because we think we got it figured out. That is, that is a good part of it is, you know, asking for help shows weakness and, you know, we, we can't show weakness. We're a badass entrepreneur. So we got this, we can do this, you know? Um, And it's also, it's in some cases, it's truly a control thing where nobody can do it as good as I can do it or nobody can do it the way I want it done. 
you know what? They can. And sometimes yeah. they can do it better. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And you definitely have to have that help. And, and you've got to have that camaraderie because that it's not a competition. Mm. That's the other thing. They're not your competitors. I mean, they are, but it's not like you can serve every single person in the world that is in your niche and in your industry and five other niche, you know, coaches or consultants, you know, other entrepreneurs. You, and, and the other thing is, is not everybody is a fit for you either. Right. So you've got to get over that idea that they're competitors and they'll steal your secrets and things like that. <laughs> That's not the way it is. It yeah. Everybody is looking to collaborate and refer. Cause that's the other thing. If you're buddying up with these people and they get leads, they can't handle and, or don't want to handle because they're not a fit for them, but they're a fit for you. Guess what? They're going to refer them to you and they're going to get you clients. Yep. So, you know, you got to get over that competitive mindset in the sense that they're competitors and you can't hang out with them and learn from them because they're going to steal your secrets and you don't want to get accused of stealing theirs because in this world today, in the online business world, it's all about collaboration and sharing and supporting each other in, in every way possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and that makes sense. Like I've found that in the group I'm in and just referring back and forth and getting on each other's podcasts and just a different thing. And I liked what you said, though. You built yourself up to the point now you can hire a coach that can take you higher up. It's going to cost you more, but you've already proven the power of I invested 200 to begin with. That got me to 100K. Then I invested whatever, 20K. Then it, you know it's just leveling up because sometimes because time is a really important thing. Sometimes you just got to pay to be in the room with people that are farther along with you that can tell you more and it's just going to help you. So yeah, I totally agree with you. So Next question. So we got, we got coaches, we got our circle. What is the next step? And we're, we're online. So I'm assuming we're doing lives. We're doing content, short form, long form. What is the next thing that most entrepreneurs miss in the beginning or maybe the middle stages as they grow? Um, they miss out on, on clients because they get locked. They get too locked in on a certain person or a certain thing. And, and they miss with the other opportunities that are out there because it's not just about serving your clients. If you, like if you're a coach or consultant, sure, there's your clients, but you get hung up in just doing one-on-one -on -one, and that can only take you so far. You've right. got to think outside of the box and do like group coaching programs or create a course that's DIY and, and able to be an evergreen, different revenue streams. You've mm -hmm. got to build additional revenue streams in your business to really be able to take it to high six figures, seven figures and beyond. Because on, unless you become that Tony Robbins coach where you can charge a million dollars a year for your one-on-one -on -one coaching, you're going to, you're going to get stuck at a mm -hmm. certain level of revenue because you're just doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. But starting with one-on-one -on -one coaching is the way to go because that builds your cred that get build your experience so that when you are putting together group programs and online courses and things, you don't have to, you're not this newbie going, yeah, I have this course that's going to teach you how to do X, Y, and Z, and you're going to be successful. And everybody's like, well, who are you? Yeah. And, and how do we know your stuff works? Because there's no cred behind it. None. Right. Um, so additional revenue streams of any of you know, things that you want to do that you can do that don't, don't take up a whole lot more of your time or mm -hmm. you build a team to help you do it all like us. But yeah, multiple revenue streams is definitely the next step when you get when you start get to get going and you plateau on your revenue. 
other other avenues of revenue is where you need to go. No, and that makes sense. It's funny because like I found different opportunities popping up. And like you said, don't be so stuck in one. This is the only person I can reach and that's the only way I can do that. Um, so let's talk mindset a little bit because I know being an entrepreneur, you're coming, you're going, you're doing crazy stuff all the time. What does your day look like? Do you have like certain things you do in the morning, certain things you do in the afternoon, or are you more free flowing? I do have a few things that I do in the morning, uh, almost every morning. I also do a little uh, reading uh, before bed and, and sometimes, you know, like on weekends and things like that, different books and things. But ever since I started with that coach in 2016, every coach I've ever had combines mindset work with business plans, with, you know, marketing strategies and the whole nine yards, because mindset is the biggest key to success. And Mm -hmm. so many people don't get that. They're like, they think all I need is to be skilled and talented and this, that, and the other. It's like, no, you have to have the right mindset too, because if you don't have a successful, a success mindset and a mindset that doesn't have, you know, the stories that, you know, you may have grown up on, got to have a college degree and you have to work hard and you have, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard you all have that. those things going <laughs> on your head. Yep. You're in trouble. You're not going to reach the revenue levels and the success that you want to do because mindset and built and breaking those old paradigms and stories and money patterns and things that you grew up on and were raised in, uh, you know, they were even taught to you in school. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you got to break free of that and mindset is huge in doing that. And it's, mindset is not something it's not one and done it is an ongoing everyday process i'm i do i do stuff daily and i still have bad days where my mind goes down the wrong avenue you know goes down that rabbit hole of doom and gloom and i have to like wait stop rewind reset take a breath and and really you know and, and get myself back out of it. You know, it's the awareness you've got that because the awareness of what your brain is saying to you every day is so important to not let it go back down some of those old rabbit holes. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I do a lot of reading. I do a lot of podcasts and I'm really picky about who I listen to with the podcast too. Cause like you said, what you put into your head is how it affects you a lot. And then just like, I've been trying to do some more like breath work and some self-care and not just always be grind, grind, grind. Cause Coming from the sales world, world, we're taught, hit it, hit it, hit it, grind, grind, grind. And in reality, you have to sometimes slow down to speed up. You so, do. Yeah. yeah, you do. And self-care, you, you said it, self-care is important because if you're running yourself into the ground, mentally, physically, and emotionally, you're going to run your business in the ground. You do have to take time away for yourself, time for family, time for fun, and all of those things, even in the beginning days, I, I know bit, what a lot of what we do now is take that six and seven and eight figure business owner and allow them to do more time away, more vacations, mm-hmm. more things like that. But you still need to do it when you're a beginner in a startup too, because that grind, while it is good for a while, it will eventually drag you down and and keep you from getting where you need to go because you're not taking time to take care of yourself. You'll find yourself in bed sick. Um, COVID or not, mm-hmm. you're still going to get sick if you're not careful and taking care of yourself and doing regular self-care. And it's not selfish. So many people are like, well, self-care is selfish. No, <laughs> no, it's, no it's not. It's selfless. 
Yep. It really is. is well, yeah, you can't, if you're not in good enough shape to take care of yourself and your business, you can't take care of your family. If you, you know, if you've got one, you know, you've mm-hmm. got to be in the best shape possible. You got to take care of you to be able to take care of anyone or anything else. Yeah, no, I agree that like hundred percent. So like we've gone on more trips this year. We've done more stuff. I actually even just went, my wife talked me into doing acupuncture. So that was actually pretty interesting. I've never done that before. That was an interesting one, but it mellowed me out. Cause like, I am very driven. I'm very well, like you people in this space, we're, we're always going, we're always hitting the new thing. We're always excited, but yeah, I've just learned to that. If I take a little bit of time or I take a trip a quarter, I just do something that works for me. Like I like trips. So that works good for me. Maybe someone else needs to do something different, like just sit and do nothing. I don't know. It's just finding what works for you there for sure. Yeah. And there are so many options out there. I mean, for me, I have a regular regime of, you know, mani-pedi and massages. And then I also have a a chiropractor that I see regularly and an acupuncturist that I see regularly. Mm -hmm. You know, those, if I, if, and I've told so many of my colleagues and friends in the space, I said, if you ever hear me say that I have stopped doing any of those things, you know, I've lost my mind and somebody needs to kick me in the butt and say, stop, slow down, get back to your self-care or you're going to regret it. And, and fortunately I haven't had to have, I haven't ever gone that far to where anybody has had to say that in the last couple of years. Um, but, but yeah, you've got to have set regular self-care and, and things that keep your mind from absolutely melting down. Cause it will. Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm with you. I do the massages. I go to the chiropractor. I don't do the manicure thing, but that's just not my thing. So <laughs> Some men do, some don't. So, you know, it's whatever your thing is. Well, it's, my daughter yeah. has painted my toes before. I've let her do that, but it wasn't, it's just, I don't know. Like I, the massages, I'm all for those. I like getting those. Those work yeah, out well for me. Definitely. But I think it's like you said, it's just the self-care. So when you're starting out and I'm just kind of summarize kind of what we talked about, you know, get, get a circle of people around you, hire a coach that you can afford. If you can get a VA to help take some of the admin off, do that. Do self-care, have a routine and a mindset because that's going to be your biggest shifts. Is there anything else we're missing on like people that are just starting to do this or maybe moving up that, that we haven't talked about yet? Um, well, I would have to say that in all of my trek, even during my, co- my first round of coaching with that coach, you will fail. Mm-hmm. And you got to learn how to deal with failure. Yes. And it's not just about not giving up and persevering, like I said earlier, but you've got to figure out, you've got to be able to bounce back and bounce back quickly because part of my untold story is in 2018, I went exclusive with a client. I did that one thing and and I thought it was a sure bet because I'd been working with them for years. I thought, yeah, I'll go exclusive. A year later, they let me go and I lost everything. I had to start over from scratch in 2019 with zero revenue coming in. I had my, I had an assistant and I, and I had recently hired her too. And I'm like, well, (laughs) we've got six months to rebuild this, or I'm going to have to let you go. And I'm giving you the option to let, to leave now, if you want to be, you know, in case you want more of a secure Mm -hmm. situation and um, she looked at, she thought about it and she said, I'm down, let's do this. And so That's her and awesome. I rebuilt this business That's awesome. from the ground up to what it is today. So from 2019 
uh, to, and you know, 2019, of course, was a rough year. I mean, I built it back to almost six figures, got this close again. Yep. But then in 2020, I had my best year ever. Mm-hmm. And this year, I'm going to top that and I'm going to hit the multiple six figure level this year. So it's not just perseverance, but it is learning from failure. And the thing that that day I got let go, I, of course, was distraught and mm-hmm. crying and freaking out. And, you know, of course, the first person I went to was my husband. He yep. works from home, too. So I went down to his office and I'm bawling and he looks at me. And he's like, oh, my God, what? <laughs> and I told him and he looked at me, and goes, good. You needed to be away from them. That situation was no longer a good situation. It was unhealthy for you mm-hmm. and it wasn't good for your business. And I was, you know, of course, then I became more distraught. I'm like, yep, yep. <laughs> but my coach said it to me. The mm-hmm. rest of my family said it to me. Everybody could see that that was the best thing that could happen to me. And, you know, now in hindsight, 2020, I can see it. Mm-hmm. But my coach was like, you take 24 hours to mourn, cry, scream, yell, cuss, whatever. And then you get back up on that horse and you start going again. And I did exactly that. And it was the best thing I could do because if I'd sat there and wallowed in it, who yep. knows where I'd be today. I don't even know if I'd still be in business if I sat there and wallowed in it. I got myself back up. I figured out what I could do and couldn't do financially. I cut, you know, I cut costs and I put together a plan. And thankfully, well, funny, another funny story is I actually bought a VIP day with my coach the month before I got let go. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even have the money to pay for that anymore because I didn't pay for it in full when I bought it. I put it in a payment plan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I didn't even have the money to pay for my VIP day, but I went to my VIP day and that VIP day helped me save myself, save my business and get me on the track where I am now. And, And I've just, you know, skyrocketed since then. So, you know, yeah, I was in debt and yeah, I wasn't making money, but I, I would not be where I am. I would not have recovered as quickly as I did if I hadn't had that coach in that VIP day that put me in debt up to my, well, not up to my eyeballs, but it was pretty strong debt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'd never been in debt in my business before, ever. So. But that's good. You said a bunch of stuff in there. I'll make sure people caught it. First and foremost, as an entrepreneur, we're going to fail. That's okay. We need to learn from it. When we hit that roadblock, and you didn't say this way, but this is what I heard. All your support people around you believed in you enough, said, no, that's a good thing for you. And they lifted you up and they pushed you forward. Even when you were facing that issue, you invested in yourself because sometimes even when it's dark and it's hard, you still need to invest in yourself to move forward. And now two years later, you're having your best year ever. So it's not, failure is not always denial. Failure, sometimes you got to go through that dark time so that you can get to the the other side and, you know, take the 20 some years of knowledge in the industry and everything you did to get there. So I commend you for that, but I want to make sure I got that. That's what I heard you say. Yes, that is true. And, and again, and and that also kind of revolves back around to mindset. If I, you know, if I let my mindset go down the toilet too, I would, you know, it, it was, it taught me to find the good in everything. I mean, yes, I was learning that from my coach that whole time, but when, when the rubber met the road and I lost everything, that was the key is like, okay, am I really going to implement all I've learned from him, especially where mindset's concerned, or am I going to fall apart and say, mm-hmm. 
oh, it's all a bunch of baloney and it doesn't work. No, it does. There is good in everything that happens to you. It's perspective. It's thinking it through and it's finding the lessons and the things you can do differently to, to, to come out of that failure and succeed. Uh, because quite frankly, the business I have now, the business model I have now is the best evolution of my business yet to date. And it is more exciting. It's more enjoyable. And once I get to my, my certain point in the next year or so, I will be that CEO who is the CEO leader of the company with little to no client work on my plate, mm-hmm. being the face of the company, being the salesperson of the company, and being that point of contact for our clients. And, and that's all I am. I've got this amazing team doing all the work, making all these great things happen for our clients. And you had to go through what you went through to be qualified to do what you're doing now, which is amazing. Absolutely. We're not done, but I always like to do it kind of in the middle. Where can people find you? They can find me all over the place. Um, SophieZo.com is my website. S-O-P-H-I-E-Z as in zebra, O.com. It's basically Sophie Zolman shortened to be Sophie Zoe Mm -hmm. makes it much easier for people to figure out and spell. Um, I have a podcast myself. It's called building your empire with Sophie Zoe. Nice. And I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and clubhouse. Cool. So that's a question because like right now, and I try to focus on Instagram, Facebook, and I do a little bit on TikTok. So I'm just trying to do certain things. Would you recommend people get on all the platforms right away or the ones that they're really more good at, or is it a time? Cause it's a time versus value after a while. So what, what would you be your recommendation on that as you're growing first, your business? Yeah. First and foremost, especially when you're starting out is to get on the platform where, you know, your ideal clients live. Yep. If they're not on LinkedIn, don't get on LinkedIn. If they're not on TikTok, don't get on TikTok. And if you, the other thing is you also have to get on a platform where you can be authentically yourself. Mm -hmm. So don't get onto TikTok just because it's the latest trend and go act act like a goofball that is totally not you. It will have the opposite effect. It will hurt you. And, but you need, and one platform at a time is totally okay because you may not have the time to jump on a bunch of platforms. Even if your ideal clients are on multiple platforms, you need to go to the place where they hang out the most and where you can be the most authentic and effective in managing your time and putting yourself out on that platform. Then as you grow and your revenue grows, then you can expand to other platforms and you can get a, you know, an assistant, a social media manager and expand it, you know, gradually and exponentially in a good, healthy way and not try to do it all and then do a bad job on all of it because consistency is key. Wherever you go, you've got to be on there consistently and you've got to be on there a lot because the way they've got the algorithms going now to be organically there and not spend money on ads, you've got to be on there every single day, literally every single day. I mean, that's how I did it. When I first launched, before I launched my business in 2009, um, I had just relaunched myself into the VA, the virtual assistant space, and I got on Facebook and Twitter, and I literally lived on those two platforms for six months, mm-hmm. which led me to other virtual assistants who wanted to subcontract work to me, which is when my business was born. That's when I knew it was time to 
make it a business, make it real, protect myself and our assets, but also be that professional that I could say, yeah, I have a business too. I'm not just this freelance VA over here. Mm-hmm. And for months, my husband did not understand it. He thought I was crazy. And he was like, are you ever going to get off that computer? And I'm like, no, <laughs> this was my, it was my only marketing Avenue. It was the right. only thing I could do because I had no money for ads. I had no money for any of that. I was shoestringing it just like all these startups are that we're talking to. And, but it is a time commitment and I did. And, but after I got my first couple of clients and started making some money, it was like, get on that computer, do what you got to do. Yep. You're making money now. I see the results. Okay. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, and I found that you're right. You have to be where your target audience is. So like I end up doing, I think two lives a day, one on Instagram, one on Facebook, and then I do content. And I think it's just finding your groups. And then sometimes you can even get in Facebook groups if you have niches. Like I'm a sales guy, so I do a bunch of Facebook group stuff just to get more people into your sphere. But it's finding the, the right person group for you with that. Um, anything else I'm missing? Because like we could, I know we could talk more strategic, but like just for the people just now starting to get into this, what else are we missing? Anything? Um, I will say, and it's something I struggle with all the time, but I work on regularly too. Patience is a virtue. Yes, it is. Be patient. It is that there is no such thing as the overnight success. All those people that we think had overnight success spent years doing it. It's just, we didn't find out about them until they had that giant success. Mm -hmm. There are very, very few people who truly made a million dollars overnight. Just doesn't happen. It even made six figures overnight. It is a, it is, it is a plan, a process and a procedure and it takes time and it takes patience and it takes dedication and you've got to have those things. And it takes support of Mm -hmm. all kinds from all areas of life. So definitely patient. Don't ever forget patience is a virtue no matter how fast you want to get there and how much you want it. Cause the more you want it, the more impatient you can become. And that's where you can start making mistakes or start, you know, looking at everything as a defeat as you're not getting anywhere. Because when you focus on what you don't have and what you're not getting, you get more of that instead of the success and the new things that you want, you've got to focus on what you want, 100%, 100%, no matter what, don't look at what you don't have, what you're not getting, what failures you've got to keep looking at that prize out there and keep looking at it and keep going toward it because, but you've got to be patient about it because if you rush it, you can make a mistake and it can be a grave mistake that can cost you a whole lot more than it would have if you just towed the line and waited a little bit. Yep. So definitely, you know, patience and making sure you stay focused on the goal, on what you want to achieve and don't get lost in the, well, I didn't make $5,000 this month or I'm not making this money yet. Because like I said, that's a part of the mindset. Mm -hmm. You got to focus on what you want and you've got to know that you can get there. Even you can even, you know, like visualize what it's going to be like when you get there and focus on that and vision boards Mm -hmm. I didn't do vision boards for a long, 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 long time. And it wasn't because I didn't believe in them or anything. I'm not really the paper and picture kind of person. I'm very digital. Mm -hmm. Well, a couple of years, uh, I made my first vision board in in, uh, uh, summer of 2019. 
Um, I was in a new mastermind program and they said, make, uh, or no, no, actually I made it before that. I made one a couple of years before that. And I made that one. It was digital. Mm-hmm. And, and then in, I was in a new program last year and I made a second vision board. So I have two vision boards. They're both digital and they're both the wallpaper on my computer monitors. My Mac is over here and my big monitors here. They, I keep them as my uh, wallpapers on my computers, but the individual pictures that I put together, I use those on my phone, my mm-hmm. iPad as my wallpapers, my, my vision and my goals of what I want and the why of me doing this are always in front of me at all times. Yeah, no, that's great. And I love that because you do need to know what you're looking for. What is your life by design? What are you trying to accomplish? And then I agree with you hundred percent because I find this in, because I do some sales training, even with my job that I have currently. And the person comes in and they're just, they want to blow it up in that first month. And really the work you do now shows up three to four months later on average, maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little bit shorter, depending on your cycle. But it's the same thing with this. Put the work in now keep the process right, get the vision in front of you so that you can see it and not get discouraged and it will work. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. It, it does take work. And, you know, and even when you're investing in things like, you know, just your time on social media, it's not instant gratification. It's not, you've got to put in the time and the work just like I did for six months. I did it for mm-hmm. six months before anything really, really hit for me. And that was back when it was really, really organic. Facebook as in really weren't a thing back then. I mean, they right. were there, but they weren't the big thing they are now. And the algorithm was designed to be more friendly back then organically. So, but you got to put in the time and, and you've got to know that with the way the online marketing world is these days, that most things are not going to have instant gratification. You've got to put in the work, including the time and the money that's involved in getting those things set up and designed and done and then put them out there and then, and, you know, building your list, building your leads, you know, even if you get 10 leads in a couple of months, they're not necessarily going to convert. Right. And that's the other thing is today's world, the online world has blown up so big that, you know, there are a lot of scam artists out there mm-hmm. and the pandemic re redefined the scam artist because you know we back when i was getting started nine years ago there are different kinds of scam artists out there and and then you know social media got really good at blocking that and getting rid of those and, and stopping them but the pandemic when everybody had to get online it blew up again and we have all kinds of scam artists again so people are skeptical So it takes longer. You really do have to build the no like and trust factor through social media, through, you know, putting your content out there, doing a podcast, doing interviews, doing things to really legitimize yourself. And, and again, authentically don't put on a show, don't put on a, you know, a costume, so to speak, you gotta be you. And, you know, so that's where, but it is, it's an investment of time and money and resources and the return on investment takes a while, but it will happen. And you just have to wait it out and continue to keep the positive facing vision in front of you. And then they'll call you an overnight success. <laughs> and yes, then you'll hit it big and they'll go, oh my gosh, look at him, look at her. Yeah. She's, a, she's a millionaire and she just, you know, overnight. And it's like, no, no, no. That's when you're like, I wish it was overnight, but you I weren't wish there. It was overnight because it would have been years ago and I would, I'd probably be retired 
by now, or at least, you know, my business, you know, everybody would be running my company, but me, you know? So, <laughs> That's <but definitely>. awesome. <laughs> so last question, any other words of wisdom that you want to impart to my listeners? If you are passionate about your idea and what you want to do, and it's something you love, it won't be work. And I know that sounds, that's a cheesy cliche that everybody says, do what you love. It it really is the truth. It may sound cheesy. It may sound cliche, but if you're doing something that you love, that you're passionate about and you're good at because of that, don't stop. Don't give up. Keep going and find the way to, to your success, no matter what that is. Well, of course, as long as it's ethical and professional and legal, right? but you know, make sure you're always doing what you love, especially after you get started. Cause you know, in the beginning, you're going to do all the stuff, whether you love it or not, you know, that's mm-hmm. where you know, when you're a solopreneur starting out and you have to do that admin work that you don't like doing. Yep. That's okay because it's temporary, but if you're trying to do something that you're doing because somebody else is doing it, or you think you're good at it, or you think you want to do that, it's probably not going to go anywhere. You got to be sure what you're going after is something you truly want. You truly can find passion and love for and, and really want to do it and, and enjoy it. Because if you don't enjoy it, even if you're making a million dollars, if you're making a million dollars and you're miserable doing what you're doing, is it really worth it? Nope. It's not worth it. If you're miserable making, you know, cause everybody's like, Oh, well, if you're making a million dollars, you've got it made everything. It's like, no, if you look at, <laughs> look at all the millionaires, billionaires, actors, actresses, those things, fame is fleeting and fame can be, and even money is fleeting. If you're miserable doing it, you're going to eventually crash and burn one way or another. And it's, you've got to be sure you're passionate about what you do. You love what you do and you enjoy it because if you don't, that's the same as working yourself into the ground, you know, grinding it away. It's the same thing because you're still going to be grinding it. Even though you think you're not grinding it, you're grinding it. You're making yourself do it day after day and that will hold you back and it will not bring the happiness that goes with success. If your success is not bringing you happiness because success is more about happiness, enjoying life, enjoying what you do, Mm -hmm. the money just comes, the money follows. Right. Now that's perfect. Thank you again for being on the show, Sophie. Tell them again real quick in case they missed it, where they can find you. Uh, My website is sophiezo.com, S-O-P-H-I-E-Z as in zebra O.com. And I'm on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and Clubhouse and Instagram And my podcast, which is on all the usual podcast apps, is Building Your Empire with Sophie Zoe. And I talk a lot about the tips and tricks about building a business, both from scratch and both for scaling it when you've also reached those levels where you want to scale it even bigger. So you can check it out there and get a lot of good tidbits. And the cool thing, at least I think it's a cool thing, is they're all 10 to 15 minute sound bites. And so you can whip through them and learn things little by little and, and, and enjoy it in small chunks instead of having to sit down and make sure you have time to sit for a couple hours or whatever. You can get bite-sized things just as you need them. No, that's perfect. Thank you again for being on the show. And for everyone that's been listening, thank you again. Go after your dreams, love your life, surround yourself with a circle of people that will support you and wait. 
and trust that the process will work. Until next time, have a wonderful day. Again, I'm your host, Joe Graham with the 150K Podcast. If you get a chance, please go like, rate, and share this episode with someone that can benefit from it. Have a great evening. Thank you.